I used to go camping a lot. And when I say camping, I mean, I was on tour in the back of a 15-passenger van, and we pull behind a Walmart and start a small fire and stay the night there to save money on hotels. But when we first started doing it, I was like 17, 18 years old, and we'd go buy some firewood, which when you're on tour is, you don't have a lot of space, and you don't have a lot of money, so you should conserve firewood, right? So we'd go buy some or go find some firewood, and we'd have it in the van. And one night, I was in charge of the fire, and I apparently hadn't been paying attention to what was happening beforehand, so I had this fire going, and, and every time it would start to dwindle a little bit, I'd just go back to the van and heap another log on the fire, and then go back to the van and heap another log on the fire, and I was just wasting wood. And finally, the bass player I was with, his name was Rocky, he goes, hey, you're doing that wrong. I was like, oh, okay, why, what do I do? He said, you got to stoke the fire. You got to move the logs around so different parts of the logs get air and the fire gets brighter. And most importantly, in, uh, behind a Walmart in Missouri in December, the fire gets warmer. So I learned how to stoke a fire and changed my life forever. When I first came here, almost 10 years ago in September, if you can believe that or not, I did not know the Lord's Prayer. I had been to church here and there when I was growing up. We went for a while here, we went for a while there. I'd heard the Lord's Prayer kind of growing up, and I heard it at weddings and, and funerals, but it was, in my mind, the thing that everybody just did this, and, oh, Father, and tried not to be heard. It was like a competition to be the quietest one in the room. But that was my experience of the Lord's Prayer, and my experience of worship, well, was playing gospel country songs at a bar at 2 a.m., which I thought was, yeah, this is how you do it, right? No. So when I started coming here, it was a whole brand new world that I got to be a part of, and as I got more involved in the service, I started to learn the significance of what we do, and I started to kind of poke the logs around and examine them and look and give each one more air so that I could light the fire of my faith and it burned a little brighter. And that's been going on for almost 10 years, which is insane. And that's led me, you know, to recently being licensed as a licensed local pastor and being, you know, appointed here as Glenda's associate, which by the way, it's happened, I think, twice so far when I'm out with her and she introduces me as her associate. And it's like, oh my God, that's me. That's so cool. I can't believe it. And that's because of this place and because of every single one of y'all and being a part of this community. Hey, amen. So I've been doing this kind of journey this whole way and, you know, really poking around the fire. And it... I don't know, a couple months ago, we did the Lord's Prayer Bible study out of Adam Hamilton's book. And we all pray, right? We all say prayers. Sometimes they're really short prayers, like, Lord, have mercy. I think I say that like a hundred times a day, especially when I'm talking to my son or dealing with my son or dealing with everything. We pray, Bree and I pray a prayer that we've prayed since, well, before I met her, but we've been praying together for our entire relationship. Every time we get in the car, every time we sit down with the kids to eat, we pray. We pray in the morning, we pray at night. But how do we know that we're doing it right? And how do we know what's okay to pray for and what's not okay? You know, can I, can I 
pray for a mid-60s, mid-engine Porsche? Can I pray for somebody to have relief from their suffering and their sorrow? And what's the in-between? Where's the line? And how do we know how to pray? And during this Bible study, as we went line by line by line through the Lord's Prayer, I learned a lot, but I learned the most in the discussions we had on the little Zoom call in between when I got to hear how other people were reading this thing and how they were relating it to their own lives. It completely changed the way I pray. And that's a beautiful thing, right? When you can learn something and it changes how you behave. So when we learn how to pray, when we try to find out how to pray, we obviously, we turn to Jesus. And, you know, the disciples asked him, hey, can you, they saw him praying, you're like, that doesn't look like what we're doing. Can you teach us how to do that your way? And he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, which is this model of prayer. And in this model of prayer, it, it loosely follows the Acts prayer model, the acrostic, not a lacrostic, but acrostic. And it, it starts with A, C, T, and S. And A is for the adoration. You start with acknowledging God's wonderful beauty that he has made this creation. And you start by acknowledging God's goodness. And we did that this morning when we, did, when we sang, every time I feel the Spirit, I will pray. Every time I see something beautiful, something wonderful, every time I see an example of God's love, I will pray a prayer of adoration, a prayer of, God, you are so great, and you are so kind, and you are so wonderful. And then we move on to C for confession. And this is when you admit your sins and ask for God's overflowing forgiveness and mercy in your life. And we do that when we take communion. We did that earlier when we sang, Lord, I need you. It says, Lord, I come, I confess that bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. Because amen, without the Lord, I fall apart. Because Lord, I need you. And then we go to tea, which is Thanksgiving. And that's obviously giving thanks to God for all the wonderful things he's done. And we're saying that with thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And then we go to S, which is supplication, which my good friend Arthur says, well, they needed an S word to complete acts. And what it really, what it means is you bring your request for others and for yourself, and you bring those requests to God. Because A-C-T-R, it doesn't really sound as good as Acts. So supplication. And we did that in Joys and Concerns. When we pray for this community and when we come together as a community to lift each other up. And the Lord's Prayer follows this pretty well. And I try now that I've learned so much from being here and and from going and being involved so much in the service, I try to model the worship service, the worship songs after the Lord's Prayer, where we cover adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and requests, supplication. But in this, in this Bible study, again, it goes line by line by line. I am not going to do that today, but you should read the book because it's really good. And if you really like it, call me and we'll do another Lord's Prayer Bible study because like I could do this all day. I had the pleasure of doing this with, you know, the adult 
because <laughs> I was there. They're adults, and then we got to do it with the youth, and then we just finished it with the children, and I learned something every single time. And usually, it was from the conversations that happened, even from the conversations with the kid, which, man, children's time is never boring. Amen? <laughs> Y'all need to pray for me with that. But like we talked about last week, where what we put first, we follow. I just want to look at just the first line of the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, our Father... When we say our Father, it's acknowledging that we all come from God's creation. We all are a part of this wonderful existence together, and we share a creator God. And when we say our, we're acknowledging that it's not my Father, but all of our fathers. And not just all of us in this room, not just all Christians, not just all Catholics or Protestants or Jews or Muslims or Republicans or Democrats. It's everybody. We all come from our creator God. And that's pretty amazing. And that helps us remember how we're supposed to love one another because we are all from the same God. And when we say father, you know, when Jesus says father in, in Aramaic, I'm going to get like all translation on you because I've been going to school for this stuff and it's really fun. But when he says father, he uses the word Abba, which is kind of a familiar term. Like when I call my dad, hi, dad. When I call my dad, I don't call him up and say, hello, father, how are you? I say, hey, dad, how you doing? And that's kind of the same way that Abba is meant. It's meant to have a close relationship with someone, with that father. And I understand, and we have to understand that there can be hurt there. There can be bad examples in some people's lives where you haven't had a father that was engaged or absent, or maybe he was abusive, or maybe he tried real hard and just failed. And we have to acknowledge that the using that father language can have some problems. But I really love what Pope Francis said in his book on the Lord's Prayer, which I'm going to paraphrase because many reasons. I'm not as smart as Pope Francis. But he basically says, no matter what your earthly father has done, whether he was absent, present, whether he was engaged or disengaged. In God, there are no orphans. We are all beloved children of God. And that gives me so much hope and so much joy in my heart. Because God is supposed to be the example for us earthly parents, not the other way around. We are supposed to show our children the love of God through our actions, and through how we treat them and how we love them. And then after that, it goes into our Father who art in heaven. And I love this because it's, it's, it's like calling my dad and saying, hello, Father who art in Round Rock. Like, why are we doing that? Why do we have to do this location thing? Well, it's, it's, it's for two, two reasons, and heaven can mean two things. In the New Testament, the writers meant heaven as out there. Like we talked about last week with the JWST, the telescope that just went out, and we saw all these crazy galaxies and all these stars that we've never seen before. Like God is out there. He is present in the maker of all that. But also when we say heaven, in the New Testament, heaven can mean the air or the oxygen or the air, the atmosphere around us. So God is also out there but he's also as near as the air we breathe. And we acknowledge by saying who art in heaven that he's not only the creator and the father of everything, but he is also right here with us. 
He is transcendent. He is out there and near as the air we breathe. And we get to have a relationship with the creator God that made everything and still cares about you and cares about me and cares about every child in the world and every person in the world because he is our father. Amen. And then after that, we get to hallowed be thy name, which the kids had a lot of fun with that one because hallowed, hollow be thy name. And Bonnie still says hollow. We're working on it. But hallowed means to make something holy, to give it respect, to, to acknowledge its awesomeness, it's to give it reverence. And the opposite of hallowed is to profane. And that's to treat a word, treat God like it has no significance. So instead of profaning the name of God, like, you know, when you stub your toe on the dining room table, it's like, oh, God. Imagine if somebody, every time they got hurt, said your name. Oh, Ashley. <laughs> like, that's not nice, right? So, but that's a small way, small way we profane the name of God. You know, lots of church folks have given God, have profaned the name of God and given God a, a bad reputation to some. You know, many agnostics and atheists cite their experience with church people as why they are the way they are. And we have a chance, we can either do two things with our life. We can hallow God's name in our actions, or we can profane God's name in our actions. But when we pray, hallowed be thy name, we are humbling ourselves in front of the Lord. Because as we talked about with the kids many weeks ago, thy is kind of the opposite of my. So I'm not saying hallow my name, like, please God, hallow my name, make me, no. We're humbling ourselves in front of the Lord and saying, hallow thy name. Use me and my actions to go out and shine your light for other people to see how great and how merciful and how loving you are. We aim our hearts at our actions at hallowing God's name. You know, one of my favorite breath prayers is, is Psalm 115, and it's uh, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And that's the, the quote from Barbara we always quote. It's amazing what can happen when nobody wants to take credit and we give the credit to God. Because we are to so shine our lights for others to see through our works the goodness and the glory of God. And we do this so well. We did this when we went to Pride and went out there and told everybody that God loves them and we love them and they're beloved children of God. We do this when we volunteer for VBS, which I just found some VBS paraphernalia that snuck its way behind the kneeler last night. But we do this when we, when we give to Brown Santa. We do this when we do the Hope Alliance dinner. We do this when somebody in our congregation is hurting or needs help. We show up and we show the glory of God and we show God's love to one another because that's what we do. And so when we pray, when you pray, sometimes start with adoration. Start by putting first things first and acknowledging the beauty and the glory and the goodness of God in your prayers. It has changed the way I pray with the kids at night because it used to be, I used to start every, every prayer with please Lord. I was very polite. I said, please Lord. And then I would list my things that I wanted. 
And now I say, <laughs> I try to vary it up because, you know, we talk a lot and I don't want to say the same thing all the time. But creator God, the God of the heavens and the earth, the maker of all we see and all we don't see, acknowledge God's greatness and his goodness. And then acknowledge and try to aim your heart at hallowing his name through your actions and shining your light for other people to see the glory of the God that we have the privilege and the blessing and the grace to know in this place. So what, like I was stoking the campfire and learning that when you move stuff around, you start seeing new stuff. You know, the more you look, the more you see kind of thing. Stoke your faith. Poke around in there. Poke around in the Lord's Prayer. Poke around if you got a Bible app and you're reading a verse a day. Don't just read it and move on with your life and speed read through. Really poke around in there and see what God is saying and what you can what you can learn from the things around you. And join a Bible study. We're going to do this again probably. I know Glenda and I talked about doing the, the Will of God by Weatherhead, which is an amazing book. But join in a group. Because one of the things I'm most thankful for in my journey here at Journey of Faith is the relationships and the conversations and the fellowship that I've had with so many of you that have influenced my faith. More than any... Bible study could ever do, but being in communion with each other, talking for two and a half, three hours at a time, and just really diving deep into your faith. Stoke that fire so that that fire can burn brighter and you can shine your light for all to see. So for like the third time today, I think, let's all say the Lord's Prayer together again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And if you really want to dig deep, get this book or come talk to me and let's talk about the comma after lead us because that's a really fun lesson. But really dive deep into your face. Stoke that fire so the light can burn brighter. Thanks be to God. Amen.